Alright then, welcome back to the Foxhole. Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, Season 6, Episode 23. Number 183 overall. Coming to you from Studio B, Eagle's Nest 2. Faithful host Ken Harlan here. Coming to you a little late this week. Dealing with some inflammation. So I can only use one hand, so I've been kind of out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a mess even trying to get this podcast together because I can only use one hand right now. But bear with me on an NFL Sunday. we got a lot going on here. A lot going on yesterday, last week. So as always, we give the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixler a shout out for providing the tunes used and some other sources as well. You want to be on the podcast or sponsor it? F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Yeah, all right. So we're going to do a little rapid fire this week just because we're not feeling so well. But you know we try to get our content out to you every week. So let's start with some open face. Unfortunately, we've got a a major tragedy to start out with. Former Raider and Jaguars defensive back DJ Hayden in a Horrific crash. It took out some of his U- University of Houston teammates as well. I mean, there was like six people, I believe, that were involved in that accident. Yeah, real bad stuff there. Condolences go out to his family and friends for sure. Yeah, 33. Way too young to be departing us. Almost had a near tragedy yesterday as well with the 76ers Kelly Oubre Jr. Getting hit in a crosswalk near his home. I mean, luckily, he seems that he'll be all right, but the early word is he is going to miss significant time. So, you know, our best wishes go out to you to heal up and get back to playing basketball. Okay, now let's get a little lighthearted here after opening up with that kind of entry. Yeah, so, you know, we have a big election coming up next year. And nobody knows what's going to happen with, you know, the DJT and Dementia Joe and all that kind of stuff. But you can always get an indication of what kind of reception one might receive during a sporting event. Now, you could imagine certain, I'm sure if Trump shows up to a college basketball or football game, depending on what part of the country it is, he's probably going to be met with resounding boos. Goes to a UFC event, as he did last night, UFC 295, gets a hero's welcome. Uh, I don't know what that says. I'm not, we don't get into right and left on this podcast. We leave that to the outcast and, or the, the outcast, the outkick and other mediums to, to tow that route. That said, I thought it was interesting. We know Dana White and his no woke nonsense attitude. But yes, UFC 295, Mr. Trump gets a hero's welcome. Thunderous applause. I was like, okay, you know, surprising the guy's not in jail, but yet he still isn't. And which means we're just going to be in for an intriguing, oh, I don't know, year or so since it is November. So button up your, bu- buckle up your seatbelts, get your popcorn and lots of coffee because if we're on the horizon of a wild ride of last night's any indication of that. Okay, so the department of I'm feeling too much of myself. 
Okay. I have had a interesting history with LeBron James. Not quite like Skip Bayless, who's made a career out of it. But anybody who's been around me over time knows how much I've crumbed on him in the past. Then he became a Laker. And as I've always said, once you become a Laker, I ride and die with you, being the hardcore Laker fan that I am. So I've been less critical of him, as you've noticed, probably in the history of this podcast. But if you've talked to me beforehand, because of his seamless self-promotion, and, you know, tends to be, you know, kind of a whiner about certain things, and opens his mouth when he shouldn't. I think he's gotten a lot better about that since he's been with the Lakers. And then I find out he is going to open up a museum dedicated to himself. Now, when you're a president, I can see that, right? With your papers and a, a place to have discussions, forms. I don't need to get into all the reasons why it makes sense for a president. But as a basketball player, and you are a mogul, generational talent, but you always are doing stuff to make people ridicule you. And this was another example of that. What the hell, LeBron? A museum dedicated to yourself? Yeah, I'm going to love when this actually starts getting built and all the blowback. It's bad enough that the school that he opened, which was supposed to be a launch pad for future leaders, nobody can, you know, what is it? Nobody can, nobody can pass above a third grade math level or whatever it is. I mean, I know the folks who point these things out are just, you know, always trying to take LeBron down a peg. But the truth is, you know, the, the reading and math scores from his school are not quite what future leaders are made of. And they need to be do better there, obviously. All right, LeBron, I'll lay off of you. Now, this may not make people too happy, for those of you folks who watch the No Fun League, as Thursday night football, and it's great schedule. I'll get to that in the next point. But how about Mr. Al Michaels basically coming out and saying he has no intention of retiring soon? In spite of the criticism, in spite of the fact that 80% of the time he's babbling behind the mic, the mic, nobody has an idea of what he's talking about. Getting cities, players wrong. I mean, I, might as well have Lee Corso back there with Herbie. It wouldn't be much of a difference. Well, maybe slightly. I'll give, I won't insult Al that much that he does have a little more facilities. But between being senile, and being completely disinterested in the product, which gets to my next point. Does the NFL really need to rethink its flex policy for primetime games? We have the Raiders and Jets tonight. We have the Bears and Panthers on Thursday night. And I know that it's these schedules are in advance, and you think at the time, Hey, Justin Fields and Bryce Young, this could be a great matchup. And then, because you're dealing with injuries and young quarterbacks, and both of these teams do not leave, live up to their expectations, it turns out to be a crap fest. And I don't know, especially with Thursdays. I mean, how do you, how do you, how, how do you work around the logistics of that? We know that these venues 
always trying to make that money or always booked in advance. People who have plans, all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got sitters and reservations, plane tickets for a, thir for a Thursday night. Now it's being bumped to Sunday. I'm not sure you can do a lot about that, especially with Thursday night games. I mean, obviously with Sunday, it's just a matter of switching the time. But anything between Thursday and Monday where the venue and people schedules from the fans, players, coaches to whatnot, just seems to me we're going to have to deal with that. I don't see how you get around that no matter how much we bitch and complain about how much of a turkey of these games are. And that bears Panthers game was Thanksgiving and some with cranberry sauce that wobbles like you see in that commercial. Okay, what else do we have? You know, I hate bringing up somebody like Miss Dunn, but I can't help it. So I find out this week that she now is taking extreme security measures and no longer attends class in person. You know... <laughs> part of it I get how she became so big is one thing because I don't think she's that high I don't care all you stupid little fanboys out there who are doing unmentionable things to her pictures online and stuff like that she ain't all that to begin with and she's gotten so popular okay I get that you might want to have security with all the creeps and that you don't have to go to class yes in this era of remote work, distance learning. Okay, you're bringing in money from the school. They'll give you special dispensations, I suppose. But it's just like, wow. The fact that we made her so popular when she's okay as a gymnast. I'm not going to say she sucks, but obviously she couldn't carry Miss Biles' candle or even some of the good gymnasts in the NCAA. And that's a fact, Jack. Yeah. Mm, like I know, right? I gotta give some props to the Texas Southern band member who punched a heckler and then kept on playing, just like didn't even miss a beat. I don't know if you caught that virally this past week. You know, obnoxious fans once again doing their thing. Props to people who say, enough of this bullshit. I'm gonna clock you. Homie clocked him. Kept playing, you know, kept playing this instrument like it won't about a thing. Like, yeah, okay. I don't care how liquor you're up you are. And I know when I was younger, I did some obnoxious things as a fan. But that was before social media. Because I'm sure if there had been social media and cell phones, that behavior would have been corrected pretty quickly once they got shamed once or twice. Just because you're let up, just because your daddy or whoever bought you the ticket, does not give you a license to be an asshat. Just saying. Other props go up to Chuck Liddell. Right? You know how Miss Page, Van Zant, making lots of money, showing her wares on OnlyFans like so many other folks. To each his own. I think it's pretty disgusting myself. Not women making money or men making money on OnlyFans was, hey, the opportunity's there, get paid however you can. But that our society is so depraved. There are so many lonely folks who have no game out there, who have no problems enriching these folks. You know, that you're so easily titillated that you're throwing good money 
at, at these clowns. Props to Chuck Liddell, who could make a, lots of big if he wanted to go the OnlyFans route, but he just said, oh, hell no. Who me ain't about that. And you just got a lot more respect in the foxhole. Did his own, but hey, props to you, Chuck Liddell. And now this should probably go in TMCA time, and I probably might mention it later. But what the hell about the college football better that lost $1.5 million bidding on a 1-8 Kansas Kent State team to cover a 10.5-point spread versus Bowling Green? This is a WTF. You have too much money on your hands if you're bidding on a 1.8, I mean, a 1-8 team, excuse me. One and a half million dollars on a one and eight team. Go help feed the homeless. <laughs> Donate that to a good cause. Come on. I mean, when you have that kind of money to burn, one more sign of a society or a world that is completely on tilt. I'm not here on the soapbox. This is just common sense. Who the hell bets up one one point five million dollars? on Kent State when they're 1-8, hoping they're going to cover a 10.5-point spread. Yeah, okay. Lastly, can we cancel this Andy Egger already? Once again, people being titillated. Okay, she's not bad-looking, okay? But she's made a career out of these little snarky posts, like yesterday, with Michigan winning. We're getting to Michigan in the next segment. But she's like going... The ice is melting, and, it's and my drink is still stronger than Michigan's schedule. And because she's titillating folks, everyone's like, oh, she's so cool. These takes that she has are so frigging lame. And this is just one more sign of how lame our society's getting, where an ass clown like Annie A can get notoriety, because she basically got her claim to fame you know, coming after Eli Apple. And now it's just sort of like made a career of these little snarky takes, which, in my opinion, aren't that funny. You disagree or have some insight as to why she is getting the kind of props? Please enlighten me. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. All right, folks, we will return on the other side with something interesting. Alrighty, welcome back to the Foxhole. Season 6, episode 23, 183 overall. But since we're a little bit banged up, as I told you in the entry, we're just gonna bring out the drones and fire them up so we can take the high view above the campuses in America. The big story, obviously, is Harbar Gate. I told you I was gonna let that marinate and see where this all went. And now we know with all the back and forth with Big Ten schools basically doing everything in their power to take Michigan and Harbaugh down. Harbaugh was handed a three-game suspension by the conference, which meant he was not able to coach in yesterday's big matchup against Penn State. We'll get to all that stuff next week because we still got to talk about last week since you know those games have already happened. We'll try to make this content 
we'll dovetail this content so we don't give too much away for our next episode. That's what I guess we're trying to say. So, yeah, this thing has gotten really ugly, and there's definitely multiple sides of it. The NCAA has not weighed in yet. Big surprise there. Like they could do anything. I'm still not sure, even though he, he Harbaugh had to miss the game yesterday. You know, they got rid of the guy that's been this, at the center of this. We know everybody does all kinds of chicanery, and this, as I've said from day one, this definitely looks like a witch hunt. But that said, there is a definite groundswell. There are some folks that believe Michigan should not have a chance to be in the CFP until this is completely resolved, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because as we always know, you can have retroactive punishment and just strip things later. Get off, get off of that high horse. And how deep does this really go in terms of cheating from everyone? Because you have to think that of all these schools who reported Michigan, in spite of what you say, Riot Day, I know that you and your people are, are up to your eyeballs and trying to take Michigan down. How many dossiers are nationwide? And how deep does this go on the one hand? That's one thing I'm looking at. The other thing that piques my curiosity, what the hell has Michigan done in the CFP era that has garnered so much animosity. Last time I checked, Harbaugh ain't wearing no rings. He didn't win at Stanford. He didn't win at the 49ers. I mean, had success. But you know, the Foxhole, we do place a high premium on rings. And I don't see any rings on his finger. So, this crusade to take him down, is it really fascinates me. Anyway, we'll follow up deeper on this as we get more data this coming week. Because you know there's going to be a lot that's going to be said as far as this goes. Okay, speaking of the NCAA, should they give James Madison a break? James Madison is having a great season. They want to be bowl eligible. But they made the jump from one AA to the big boys. And there's a three-year wait before you can take part in the Bulls. And the NCAA, as usual, being a thorn or an impediment to rational progress and rational thinking, is saying, no, you have to wait. James Madison is saying, hey, we're having a magical season. F this noise. We want to, we want to make some more greenbacks. So I think the NCAA should give James Madison a break. We've gone way too far with flipping the archaic ways that govern college sports in a fast swoop. So to sort of maintain something like this kind of seems a little ludicrous, don't you think? So yeah, I'm going to be on James Madison. James Madison making a lot of news this week. They're hardwood because, yes, college basketball began on Monday night. Fun to see the hoops back. And James Madison kicked off the college basketball season, knocking off number four in Michigan State. Sure, Mr. Izzo was not happy about that. Got to see all kinds of cool stuff. 
almost sold my alma mater, knock off Stanford up at Maples Pavilion. But of course, my alma mater being my alma mater, just when you think you're going to have something to smile about. But hey, I am pretty excited though. They have a new coach there, Andy Newman, who was like 31 and 4 at Division III San Bernardino. I think he's going to be the guy who gets my alma mater out of the wilderness. Why am I talking about my alma mater? Because nobody else will, so I might as well. Go Matadors, Cal State Northridge folks. And they, and they won in Iowa, not Iowa, but Idaho in their second game. So I'm really psyched about that. Okay, enough of that. So, if anyone needed any more convincing about big money and NIL valuations in terms of, this is, I don't know, I'm almost at a loss for words here. When I see Bill Self signing a new deal that's worth over $66 million. There's no limitations here. This is just college sports, especially at the Power 5 level, has become a printing press. And if you are somebody who can make money for your school, player, coach, or whatever, <laughs> right? The, the amount of money you are able to make obviously is endless. If a coach can sign it, a $66 million deal. Players making million-dollar deals. I mean, I think it's hilarious about Shador Sanders and his car, his Rolls-Royce, that keeps getting booted because he thinks he can park anywhere. And you've got people saying they're singling him out. I'm like, well, what about the other students? Everybody has to follow the rules. Hey, he's bringing bank to this school. And so there is something to be said about that in the end because there is... Right, there is no more distinction between what's higher ed and what's just we're out to make money, and that's why you know, a school like Colorado. I'll get to them a little bit later. I don't want to get too crazy here. Speaking of Colorado, how about their ladies' hoops? Number 20, upsetting the darlings of the NCAA women's basketball LSU. And boy, the internet was armed and ready for this one. Good grief. You knew their display last year when they beat Iowa that there was going to be a lot of folks like Colorado football that are going to be, be drinking the hater raid by the keg. And because of their flamboyance and they're wagging their finger in everybody's face, the internet was just doing a dance and a half about LSU not being ready for prime time, in spite of the fact of a lot of them coming back and adding Miss Hillary to their squad. And I don't think, you know, anything can happen in the beginning of the season because that's just the way it goes. But don't tell the internet that. <laughs> uh, and speaking of, obviously, Miss Clark over there at Iowa, she didn't get too carried away with the hype. She brought her lunch pill and a heart hat. She had 44 points in her season debut and a, and a win for the Hawkeyes. So something to be said there about having your focus. And something tells me Miss Clark, after losing to Miss Angel Reese and Kim, Kim Mulkey and company, she's ready for revenge and hell-bent just like saying, oh, okay, you wagged your finger at me. We'll see about this. As I keep saying, you got to give the ladies all kinds of credit that they have a very interesting product to watch.
might even be more intriguing than men's basketball at this point. Then you've got Duke, as I talked about last week with Mr. Shea, getting his nice bonus, getting, well, not bonus, but extension. Obviously, getting the number one recruit. Give Arizona a lot of props going into Cameron and getting a big upset this week. So, and as Shayer said, he's like, thanks for giving us the wake-up call. Love what Arizona's coach said that, hey, you know what? We think we're, we can play with anybody. And so we weren't intimidated going into Cameron. So hopefully that is a prelude to what is going to be an interesting men's season as well with all kinds of intrigue. Because obviously there's no shortage of it when it comes to football. Okay, what else do we have? You know, last week, USC, they lost last night to Oregon, but we'll get into that next week. Main thing is, when they gave, they lost to Washington, which is another dumpster fire, in my opinion, but they gave up like 50, was it 55-42, and finally Lincoln had to put somebody on the sacrificial rack, and that ends up being defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Gee, it took you that long? And I even watched last night some of the blown coverages. I'm telling you, a Sandlot team could probably go out there and, and put up points on that SC defense. It's just absolutely terrible. Yeah, you got to fire somebody. But then again, you know, they still gave up like 36 last night, so what good did that do? I mean, yeah, you're up in the hostile Otson, but still. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Ah, the Ducks, speaking of, putting themselves in a good position. They haven't stumbled yet, and as long as they don't, they might have a chance to actually make the college football playoff. We shall see. You have to like the Cats, even though I, it is kind of a drag that Oregon and Arizona aren't playing this year. I think that, especially if it was in Tucson, I think the Ducks would be in deep doo-doo if they had to go there. I don't know if Arizona can come up to Otson and win, but I don't think the Ducks would win in Tucson. But they're not on the schedule, so it's a moot point, right? You got to like that Bama keeps doing what they do. That was a big win taking out LSU, and they get the big win yesterday. So quietly, they're hanging out on the periphery. Georgia quietly doing its thing. Ohio State doing its thing as far as the as the CFP rankings go, no surprises yet, really. Although, you know, there were some games yesterday that had us going, hmm. But as things stand right now, nothing too crazy yet. And like I said, college basketball is back. So this is a wonderful time of the year as the drones are flying 43,000 feet above campus. You know, maybe we can get a quick glimpse of all the security following Miss Olivia Dunn around. But she might say, oh, shoot those drones down. Okay, maybe that wasn't as funny as I think it is. Anyways, we'll be back with something you should probably know when we return. Welcome back to the foxhole. Get our jammy jammy on. So we're a little bit under the weather 
fighting major inflammation in the left hand, so we're limited. So thank you for putting up with this podcast. Wasn't even sure we could get it in this week the way I was feeling. But we've managed enough energy to finish our outlines and get the setup in Studio B going. So, hey, what can I tell you? We're just going to, like, gut through the pain while we're watching a little red zone on the side, watching the Niners, 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 and the Jags going at it down there in Florida. Great match earlier this morning that I was watching with Chelsea and Man City. So it's been a fun Sunday. Looking forward to my comms and the, and the Hawks a little bit later. Blazers and Lakers later. So it's going to be a fun Sunday. Anyways, time for something you should probably know. What things that happened in the world of sports this past week you might want to know or actually care about. Well, the NASCAR Cup Series finally comes to a conclusion. And Ryan Blaney wins the Cup, doing enough at the season finale to have what it takes to walk away with the championship. Does anybody care? So obviously some people do, but as we've talked about on this podcast, in the end, about NASCAR's winning popularity, it's kind of intriguing that this we go another playoff cycle and no traction. That's why, as I've said in this podcast previously, we're definitely curious to see what this Netflix series has to offer. Because as somebody who, keep, who tries to keep an eye on this, crap, I didn't see, I mean, one second of any of the playoff races. Because there's just, you know, the NFL's going on right now and MLS Cup playoffs and baseball and all this other stuff. No fall of NASCAR other than maybe figuring out a way to maybe condense the calendar so the season doesn't, the end of the season does not go up against the most popular sports in a, in a jam-packed fall calendar so you can get some traction. Because I, it just, you're, it just doesn't have a chance in this window. That's all I can say. F1, Mad Max wins the 17th race of the season. A complete wrench, wash, and repeat. Yeah, yeah, we get it. You dominate. One thing I did find interesting this past week is hearing the live is going to have a transfer window and allow extensions for expiring deals. Well, okay. <laughs> transfer window what we can make trades and say oh man you're, you're, you suck can I trade you two for this guy I'm not exactly sure how transfer and trades are going to work in the live like many people I'm not even sure how live even works <laughs> as far as the competition itself goes so we'll have to keep an eye on, on this one but I thought that was kind of amusing so speaking of golf, Lee Tigray, that's right, Mr. Eldrick, he says the problem with Liv is that it's too hard to follow the action. Gee, what did I just say? Hmm. So if Tiger can't follow the action and doesn't know what's going on, not that it, of course he doesn't really like Liv, but if Tiger can't follow it, so I can't be that far off. Now Tiger says his health is getting better all the time. I'm not sure what that means because... He's, we've, we've been down this road before. Do I think 
we will see him play competitive golf in 2024. 50-50. Eh, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point, come U.S. Open time, that he's ready to go. I mean, he could show up at Augusta. I know he's probably going to play in that little program with his son. But in terms of not having setbacks and actually being able to play in multiple majors, it probably would behoove him to wait till the U.S. Open, perhaps, and play the U.S. Open in the British. We shall see, or we should say the Open. I don't know. This is what I find kind of interesting. So the Pan American Games happened here recently, and the U.S. takes the most gold medals with 124. Why am I bringing this up? Because remember back in the day, maybe you don't, but I do, when the Pan American Games, the World University Games, all those things used to be a big deal. Whether you'd see it on CBS Sports Spectacular or you know, one of the ESPN channels. But now it seems like these big competitions go on like this and don't even move the needle one bit. In fact, I know in track and field, most of the big guns didn't even bother going to the Pan American Games because their season had already ended earlier in the fall. Which makes us wonder in the foxhole, why the hell are you still doing this? And are you operating at a loss? Because obviously, maybe they are pay, paying attention globally. I highly doubt it. I mean, I totally doubt it. Yeah. And speaking of not getting any love, i got to give some more props to our girl, Michaela Schifrin. She snares her 89th World Cup victory in Finland. You know, somebody who's just dominating and never moves the needle, but that's why you've got people like us in the foxhole who... Give out shout-outs, give shout-outs to people like Michaela, Miss Biles, who normally would be a footnote on SportsCenter and no love on FS1. And since there's not really sports pages anymore, AI's doing that, how are they going to get recognition and props? Yeah. Okay, let's hop on the Samboni real quick, take a trip around the ice rink of life, shall we? Well... One of the things I thought was kind of interesting this past week, the Golden Knights getting beat by the Kings at home. The Kings trying to rebound. 7-0 on the road. And Mr. Kopitar getting his 400th career goal. So all things good there. As they say, go Kings go. You all know I'm a big Kings fan, so anytime I can give them props, which hasn't been a lot in the last decade or so. I think what's kind of interesting is the the Penguins are going to retire Mr. Yager's jersey on February 18th. And what I want to know is, what took you so long, given how much of a badass Mr. Yager was, now you're getting around to retiring his jersey? Better late than never, but you would think that would have happened a lot sooner. Okay, as far as what's going on around the league, Kind of surprised to see the Oilers still cellar dwellers. There's a lot of expectations for Edmonton, and right now they're just a rung above San Jose. And we know San Jose is a stinky diaper as far as the standings go. As far as the power rankings are concerned, no surprise. The defending champs, the Golden Knights, are one, Boston two, and the Rangers at three. So that's what's kind of going on around the ice. 
All right, folks, we'll talk a little hardwood when we return. All right, welcome back to the Foxhole. All kinds of crazy stuff going on in the No Fun League. NFL Sunday here in the Metroplex in Studio B of Fox Trotting at the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Season 6, Episode 23. As I told you, we're a little bit banged up today, so we apologize in advance about how janky this podcast has sort of been. But, you know, we're making it happen. Like the mailman, rain, snow, sleet, whatever the case may be, we're always battling. So let's talk some hardwood. So, well, gotta give the gotta give the NBA this, even though I don't know why it matters. No games on election night. Because it's most important that we get the vote out. Meanwhile, everybody else is playing games. And, okay... Maybe in a national election, midterms, or presidential, I get it. But was there really a reason to not have games on this past Tuesday with some of the races? I mean, yes, the blue folks kind of flexed, but not, I mean, it was nothing significant. It only just more for trends. So I'm not sure. What seems to be a novel idea to me now seems a little bit over the top. Midterms, presidential, you got me there. But in the other years, come on now. You know, it's already bad enough that these guys want to take every night off anyway. And that led to just being a very dry sports night, especially when you know we're getting our appetites all wet. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting from this past week, watching the herd, and listening to Mr. Colin his take on international basketball players taking loyalty over location. And that Most of these guys that are American-born want to play in the L.A., South Beach, and these type of places. And this is why Giannis stays in Miami and why Joker will probably stay in Denver or Luca will stay in Dallas because they're more loyal to their locations and they don't really care. You like to hear yourself talk too much, Colin, because that is completely hogwash. It just so happened, in Joker's case, he's in a perfect situation where he can win. And last time I checked, had the Bucks not got Dame Dollar Holler, Giannis was already looking at, yo, how can I pair up with LeBron and AD? So stop it with that nonsense. And we'll see how long Luka can put up with Kyrie. Give anybody five or ten minutes in, in the United States and a chance to hang out and, and suck up the lifestyle of the more desirable locations. And yes, when they have they have an opportunity, that is where they're going to play. Sure, you know, well, Dirk stayed in Dallas. Well, because he had an owner like Mr. Cuban who always bent over backwards to make sure he got paid well and always had a decent team around. And I feel like in lots of situations, like as you're seeing with Giannis, you put good pieces around a person, they're more likely to say. Yeah? I mean, Mr. Embiid. As long as the Sixers are viable, he's not going to want to leave Philadelphia. But don't think he wasn't contemplating it, especially with all the nonsense with Mr. Harden and whatnot. Yeah. Come on, Colin. 
Okay, what went on this past week? You know, you, had, you know, the Suns were so up and down. You have one night, KD dropping 41 as the Suns ended a three-game losing streak. And they lost to the Lakers the other night in the play-in tournament, in a game they could, should have had. That's two losses to the Lakers already, which is, you know, kind of head-scratching. Lakers pretty head-scratching because Dylan Brooks running his mouth again. But the way the Lakers played in that trip to Houston, I mean, the Lakers in general, really bad road trip. But you know, other than salvaging the win on the way out in Phoenix, but the game against the Magic in Houston, a lot of head scratching there in terms of the Lakers and the Suns kind of digging holes for themselves. And one of the things, especially with the Lakers, that you need to avoid. And the whole idea of not having LeBron play too many minutes, this also goes to Phoenix as well, given their up and down injury problems. You don't want to overuse KD. If you're hovering around the play-in spots, I'm not talking about the tournament, you know, the play-in round of the playoffs, you are going to have to overuse your top resources. And that's not what you want to be doing on this side of the calendar year. Not rocket science here, right? Okay. And you know, Brooks mocking LeBron. They got the big win. But you know what, Dylan? You've been doing okay this season. But shut up and actually show us something when it really matters. I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, you got to do anything to get clicks and get notoriety because otherwise nobody gives a shit about you. But still. They got the big win. But let's just see what Mr. Udoko can do with this Rockets and see if they can't be a team to challenge for a playoff spot. Otherwise, I don't really want to hear crap out of you, Mr. Brooks. Yes, Harden starts the LA adventure, and oh boy, the internet is aflame with all sorts of commentary. They're 0-3, which, okay, you it's going to take time to, to integrate another scorer and a team that's already jam-packed full of stars. So I don't necessarily buy the narrative that he's already bringing that franchise down. He'll do that later. And I think that this 0-3 start that they're in right now is more anomaly than it is that, he, that he's cratering the franchise. But it's not a good... It's not a good omen of the start out this way especially given the personalities in that locker room and how quickly things can go south. Especially, we know Russ doesn't like coming off the bench. We know the fickleness of Mr. Kawhi. I guess the over-under is what we should be asking about. How long do you think it will be before folks just throw their hands up and blow this damn thing up? We shall see. Or they turn it around and become the scariest team in the league, which is still a very possi big possibility given the talent on that squad. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny, too, because with Harden, he, okay, he got caught when they lost. I think it was the Nets or was it the Knicks? Because they were in Gotham the beginning of the week. Did the two-step with the Knicks and the Nets. And there, he was out there partying with OBJ afterwards, the internet, having a field day with it and whatnot. Now sitting there thinking, okay, it's 
not the best optic at a loss, but these guys are adults. So, what? You've got a presentation at work, and you go out and have a couple of brews with your folks after, after you know, the day before after work? Gee, should, 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 that, should your boss flip out over that? Come on, folks. Stop grabbing at the low-hanging fruit. You know, when, when they, it was a playoff series, yeah, okay, maybe. But even still, these are big boys. I'm sure there's plenty of, there's plenty of ibuprofen, IVs, and Gatorade if you party too hard. That's not good. That's not the reason why the Clippers have not been getting it done since James went there. Sorry. Grizzlies finally get a win. Now the question looms, who is worse, Portland or Memphis? Well, obviously, when John comes back, it's not a question. But right now, whoo, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I like watching that Denver Warriors game. Now, Denver doesn't look like they missed a beat. I think the Warriors are a lot tougher than people thought they were going to be. Like, oh, they're old and tired. So, yeah, the West is looking rugged. So, Phoenix and L.A., Lakers and Clippers, you better pull your heads out of your asses. Because there's a lot, of, some of these teams at the top. Kind of concerned about CJ, though, right? McCallum, the Pelicans, formerly the Blazers, having another uh, another collapsed lung issue. That can't be good, yeah? So, you know, it seems like he's had all kinds of weird stuff like that. Anyway, trying to hope for a quick recovery as far as that goes for him. All right, folks, we're blasting through this. We'll be back with some beautiful game life when we return. Back to the foxhole as we get our jammy jams on. Kind of roughed up here in Studio B as the 49ers defense, with the addition of Chase Young, definitely getting after after Pretty Boy. <laughs> Not looking good there for a team we were riding on their coattails there. The curse of the fox the the curse of the foxhole strikes again. Okay, let's go pitch side. Well, to no surprise, the United States women's national team selects Chelsea's Emma Hayes as their next skipper. A lot of folks are pretty happy about this as now we can move forward to whatever is going to happen next after the debacle and the World Cup down under. Everybody seems to be high about the selection. There's not the usual sniping. There's Miss Hayes is very respected in the golf, golf, <laughs> the the global women's soccer community, and from what everything I can read, because I don't follow you know the women's professional league as much as I probably should, but everything that I've read, this seems to be an excellent hire. So, props to her moving forward, especially getting our girls back on the right track and get that bitter taste from what just happened 
and the World Cup out of everyone's mouth. Okay. Another UCL match day week. The big highlights here, you know, there was a lot went on, but PSG going to Milan and AC Milan after PSG scored early. The bicycle kick. But then, yeah. <laughs> AC Milan wins 2-1 and PSG fans and critics alike scratching their heads as PSG continues to struggle on the road in big competitions. Shakhtar Donetsk getting a major upset at Barca. And then Newcastle, who was everybody's darling, losing to Borussia Dortmund. Now Borussia Dortmund's on top of that group. That's kind of the big deal as far as UCL went. No surprises other than that. And if you were watching the other night with Leo Messi having a victory lap, had a big friendly down on South Beach with New York City Football Club celebrating Messi's eighth balloon door. Messi played all 90 minutes. Almost had some moments of brilliance. The point being is that he played all 90 minutes and gave everybody a chance to, you know, give him the love that he that he already gets. But why not have a little bit of fun? Probably a good thing for these guys to get a little tune-up as we have an international break coming up with World Cup qualifiers and continental competition qualifiers and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was, it was all right. New York City ends up winning that match 2-1. On Apple TV. And it was just, yeah, a glorious night. You know, kind of the cherry on top of what's been just a fascinating year for number 10. So, Phil Neville gets named the next coach of the Timbers. Timbers Army, not happy at all about this selection. You know, Mr. Neville, who has made some controversial misogynist statements in the past you know it depends on how misogynist you want to classify them but in this day and age especially with these supporters groups and their tendency to have zero tolerance for that kind of behavior i think the bigger concern is he wasn't really that good in inner miami instead of his tenures you know, coaching women's teams over in Europe. He's okay. You know, he's a great player. You know, great personality. Not sure this is what the Timbers really needed moving forward. But kind of goes right along with what a hire that you can expect from, from Mr. Paulson, Mr. Merrick. You know, it's a tough thing because there's so much animosity already within that fan base, you would think you would try to reunite. They still draw well, mind you, in spite of them kind of crashing out and not making the playoffs and, and, and all that stuff that goes along with it. Hopefully, you know, you get things done on the pitch and all this kind of talk goes by the wayside. But let me tell you, if the timbers stumble, oh, it's going to get uglier than it probably ever has been. Okay. Playoffs, cup playoffs, that's a big story right now. I think the biggest thing is the Darlings, St. Louis City, getting bounced. 
I mean, get bounced. Didn't even take a game. Sporting Kansas City, as we've talked about previously on this podcast, fought back from all kinds of adversity and now playing their best soccer. St. Louis City, it comes down to this for me. I've been there, being an LAFC fan. Yeah, you get your come-ups. It'd be nice to, like, in year one, have that magical run. But more often than not, what happens in the regular season does not always translate to the playoffs. And all you people who start whining, oh, well, this league is so dumb because they don't reward the regular season. This is way more intriguing than these playoffs. And yes, the best of three is a wonderful thing, especially the matches that have gone to three games. Just because it's not like the way they do it in Europe doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I think put away your Europhile, you know, I have, it has, everything has to be like, well, wait, Chelsea and Barcelona do it. And actually look at what's going on here. You'll find this is just a, as compelling. And it allows for a team that was good in the regular season, but has no money yet in the playoffs. And this is their first season, so we're not going to be too hard on St. Louis City. But all this talk about how dumb it is, and like I said last week, yes, if you have to pay extra money for a three-game series, I have no problems complaining about that. But that's your only legitimate complaint, other than, for me, we get more soccer, and all of a sudden you've got intriguing matchups. And the Sounders have to go to a third game. They took care of business. LAFC, FC Cincinnati did what they were supposed to, handled their business and wanted to. Houston advances, but both of those, those last two games went to penalty kicks. So I'm tired of hearing all this crap about how lame it is. Okay. What is lame is that we've got to wait till because of the international break, that basically it's also going to be like three weeks in between matches for LAFC and FC Cincinnati. But hey, it's going to be a lot more fun Thanksgiving weekend with all that stuff going on. Okay. No surprise here. VAR stumbles again. In the new well, Newcastle beat Arsenal. Everybody upset over there about that. How that Chelsea, you know, hammering the, the Spurs. Spurs kind of sputtering after their start, not getting a chance to see how things went on, on this calendar. We'll get to that next week. You have, let's go to a little NWSL. So you got Gotham stunning the defending champs. And speaking of Portland, bouncing. The rain, not bouncing the rain, the thorns whew, were all over the place here today. You know, and and so you this and the supporting shield winner, San Diego Storm, got ran by the oil rain. So yesterday you had the rain in Gotham. Of course, Megan R. This is going to be her swan song. She goes down with an injury, and so does OL, OL Rain as Gotham takes the crown and wins their first NWSL championship. So props to him as far as that goes. All right, folks. We're kind of stumbling through all of this. Thank you for bearing with me. We'll be back with a little Nightfall of Diamonds when we return.
Alrighty. Welcome back to the Foxhole. We're just cruising along here. Season 6, episode 23. A lot of interesting things going on in NFL Sunday that I cannot wait to talk about in episode 184. But plenty of time for that. Let's do a quick run-through of the Night Falling Diamonds. Let's see here. Do I have any good hippie references this week? As far as being on the hippie bus. Yeah, we'll go a little... We'll stray slightly from that. Pretty cool to see the Red and Blue albums getting the high-res treatment. You know, anybody that grew up in my era knows about the Beatles 62 to 66 and 67, 70 compilation albums that many people throughout the years cut their teeth and were introductions to the Fab Four before actually getting into the albums and really learning the whole breadth of their music. Those albums got re-released, the high-res, expanded with some additional tunes, and that actually put a big smile on my face. Okay, let's get to the real Nightfall of Diamonds. Turn out the lights, the party's been over. But don't tell that to the Oakland City Council, as they pass a resolution to affirm they are committed to keeping the A's in town. And they have told MLB to tell Vegas to go to hell. <laughs> as far as rubber-stamping their move. And yeah, yeah, we keep talking about this because this gets more intriguing. We find out this week the suit brought on by Vegas, Vegas teachers to prevent to, to prevent funding. Judge said, get out of here. We also know that there's already being revisions to the stadium plan. Well, what we thought was going to happen, well, that's not quite right. So we're still tinkering with it. Okay, it's not supposed to go on line until 2028. Still don't know we're playing next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll be talking about this for a while, but I really cannot see this Vegas thing being rubber stamped. And I don't think it would be wise for the A's to play in, o in Oakland as a lame duck, as a lame duck franchise. Yeah, I just... Yeah, right. Talk about you know, the misery loves company narrative. Whew. So let's wrap up the World Series. Now, it's been kind of funny. Late last night, I was watching baseball. Ken Burns that happened to be on. Yes, yeah, so, somehow they always tend to show that on MLB or one of the PBS channels after the baseball season's over. Like, hey, you're missing baseball, so here, get a load of this. But how about the Rangers? What did they win? Like 9, 10, 11 on the road? I mean, just we're warriors. So why bring this up? Some people are floating some kind of nonsense that, hey, maybe the World Series should be held at a neutral site to sort of, you know, take away from these teams that seem to be too strong on the road. When do you stop outthinking yourself? you know, the, the powers that be. These things are anomalies. There's no advantage that somebody has. I mean, and the idea of taking away home fans, home field advantage, and just the fans making them have to go to a neutral site, how would that even freaking work? Especially over seven games. It's one thing in a one-shot deal like the Super Bowl, but what is the point of even playing hard in the regular season other than you get the you get the last at bat 
Come on, folks. Put down the sherm. Drink milk. If you have a healthy diet, stop partying because this stuff is so nonsensical. Neutral site for the World Series. Jeez. One thing we can say that was interesting. How about the World Series games? As far as the pitch clock being involved, these games were completed and on average, the, fa the fastest since 1996, which makes you wonder what the hell was going on in 1996 that allowed the games to do in quickly. But yes, the pitch clock, as we've been bringing up in recent weeks, definitely having its effect, making the game shorter. In fact, there are some times when I would be channel surfing during the playoffs in the World Series and flipping through the channels, the game should be on still. And it was already over. They were doing the post game. So, yeah. So we had you know, the hiring carousel, hiring, firing. The Angels are bringing Ron Washington out of the cobwebs. Some people think it's a good move. Other people not so sure. The Cubs firing a popular manager. And, you know, Guy obviously was on that championship team in 2016. Poaching Craig Council from the Brewers, which moves the Brewers on a lurch, given the job that he's done in Milwaukee. That guy's always been a gamer. I think this is an excellent move by the Cubs. The Mets hire somebody off the Yankees bench. We'll see how that works as far as Mr. Cohn trying to make the Mets a success. Although it seems like he's more interested in getting his little casino project next to City Field going than he is. Winning a championship. But then again, if I lost three, if I didn't lose, but I sank three quarters of a billion, was on the outside looking in, I probably would want to direct my attention to other places as well. Obviously, option time, free agency time. And so, first we know is Joey Votto leaving the Reds after 17 seasons, as they are not interested in picking up his option. Tim Anderson leaving the White Sox. So a lot of folks changing addresses. We'll be talking about this as we get into the hot stove part of the year in the weeks to come. And obviously, there are there's some word on the street that Mr. Otani may be ready to sign soon. The question is where? We've talked about the Dodgers. We've talked about the Cubs. We've talked about the Yankees. We've talked about the Mets. The question is, if you are... Mr. Otani, where would you want to go? And I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by that. Because the, the big market teams obviously can throw the, out the money. But then I look at some of these up-and-coming teams where you could actually win because homie gonna get paid no matter what. You know, whether it's endorsements and what. Does he maximize does he maximize the dollars or is it all about winning? It's going to be one of the more intriguing questions that is going to come up over this this offseason as he tries to figure out where he lands next. So, yeah, this a lot of intriguing things that are going to happen in the offseason. I think where Mr. Otani lands is probably at the top of the list. All right, folks, we'll be back with a closer look when we return.
right then. Nice interlude there. Okay, time to opinionate, editorialize. A closer look, y'all. Well, well, well. Where should we start this week? Let's do the should I get a pass or get kicked to the curb narrative. Better known to me as the game passed you by. You had success at one point, but now you ain't getting it done. We've talked about this before, but we'll bring it up again. When you look at Bill Belichick and perhaps Pete Carroll, obviously Bill Belichick is in a lot more precarious position than Pete Carroll is. But when you make the choice of going, in, in Pete Carroll's case, with Gino, and things turn south on you in the back half of the season, you are in one of those moments. And obviously with Bill Belichick, you know, you can talk ad nauseum about this. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Whatever the case may be. Back in the day, as we've said many times before, you win six rings, you should be able to coach until they take you away. Right? <laughs> when you're one step away from the retirement home. But this is no longer that universe. We've already seen it in the beautiful game life. There's no tolerance there. And obviously how quickly Chelsea dispatched of Thomas Tuchel after winning Champions League. And you see it obviously in college football as well. As we'll be talking about this next week, apparently Jimbo Fisher is on his way out. But I need to get more info on that. I mean, I guess what you would think, okay, would be, let's say... If Saban, for example, had a couple of five and six seasons, would, about, would Alabama move on from him? It's a good question. And that's where I look at even with Belichick, with some of the crappy seasons they've had post-Brady. Has he done enough to walk away on his own terms? My sentiment is No. The old model, yes, that would work, but in this day and age with the kind of money that's involved in capturing, maintaining the public's interest and heart and capturing hearts and minds, you have to make moves. You can't no longer step pat. Yeah, it sucks as loyalty. Put their name up up in the in the you know team's hall of fame or ring of fame, whatever the hell you call it, depending on the franchise, and be good with it. I don't think that in this day and age, the amount of money that people spend, the amount of hype and energy that you have to put around a team, that you can sit around and tolerate mediocrity. I have said, yes, you should. it's hard to maintain what the Patriots have done. It's hard to maintain what a team like the Seahawks have done over the last 10 or 15 years. But that no longer gets you no longer gets you the golden pass. I think that it's not wrong for an owner and the inner sanctum to sit there and go, well, you know, I mean it's cold blooded and ruthless, actually. I mean, you know, but look at Frankie Vogel. He won a bubble championship with the Lakers and they they jettisoned they jettisoned him quicker than you can say, Carl Lewis. So it's intriguing, I guess, is what I'm getting at, where we are in this lifetime, where 
especially in the case of a Bill Belichick or a Pete Carroll, who are getting long on the tooth, and you wonder with all of these young and upcoming coaches, if the game's passed you by, how long do you stay in the saddle? And is it a crime to move away from checks already cast and glory already celebrated? We'll be talking about this more and more as we go through the life cycle of this podcast. You can guarantee that. Okay, let me close with this one. The Colorado Hype Train. They lost again yesterday. I'll get more into that next week, but they lost last week as well. And all this, it's really interesting, the two camps. The haters and the Dion, the, the Dion Slippers. The Slippers keep pointing out, hey man, you can't talk about a team that's 1-11. I go, yeah, but what are they now? 1-6 in conference? And those silly wins they got early, and if you take away that if Arizona State wasn't a bunch of clowns, they would have lost that game as well. This is a slight improvement when you consider it in the big picture. It's not as big, it's not as earth-shattering as people want to make it out to be in terms of the people who are trying to defend it. Now to the hater side. Do you all need to really pile on this much because you knew they weren't that good to begin with? I mean, I was quick to say, after TCU and Nebraska, this is all smoke and mirrors. And improving on the horse shit that they had in previous years, don't pat yourself on the back that much. And I still think it's not a slam dunk that he gets all these badass recruits, because he is kind of a prima donna and is quick to kick people to the curb if they aren't getting it done. And as he apologized to the fans after yesterday's loss, I think it's funny, you know, about his player, his son's car, his Rolls Royce getting booted a couple of times, getting the boot put on because he thinks he can park wherever he wants. All, you know, all the flexing and all that sort of thing when you really aren't that good. Yeah, it. It's like Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter dinner all wrapped up in the one if you're on the haters' bandwagon. For all you people on the slurper's side, stop defending it so much. It's not an attack on you. Dion doesn't give one rat's ass F about you in terms of, yeah, I got your back. He'll be quite fine. He has to take his lumps. You go out there and flex the way they did and get all the love, and get all you know, the, the, the rap mob and various celebrities all, you know, right in your coattail. Let's not, let's not shed 8,000 tears when the carriage turns back into a pumpkin. Not the end of the world. All right, folks, that's a closer look. We'll get you out of here with some TMCA time. Well, NFL report and TMCA time when we return. Right, wrapping it up here for the 183rd time. Yeah, I, I'm getting deep into season six. I know, imagine that. A lot of crazy stuff going on in the NFL. So we're about to talk about what happened this past week. 
going to be a really spicy <laughs> episode 184 based on what we're seeing. We haven't even got to the afternoon games yet. So let's start off with Dick Sherman, shall we? He made an interesting point about Undisputed. About a lot of us know-it-alls being way too enamored with the past. And that we almost have to discount the past and start really focusing more on our analysis of what's going on right now. Well, Dick, you have a slight point. But once again, when you dismiss the past, which you are a part of, and those of us who have been around long enough to know while what rules changes have done that make the game more friendly for the offense to the point where you can't even tackle somebody who saw that commander's game last week. Don't tell me that I'm too enamored with the past. The past definitely holds up. Are you trying to tell me Montana and this almost flag football style of 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 of, of how defense is being how should we say handcuffed? He wouldn't throw for 6,000 yards. Marino wouldn't throw for 6,000 yards. Man, he was basically poo-pooing Roger Staubach, who easily was one of the toughest hombres and one of the most proven winners, would have four rings if it hadn't been for the great Steeler teams. Are you kidding me? It's almost like these knuckleheads who kind of grew up, after, who came up after I did and played in the league you know, to, to have this idea that that era should be dismissed, as opposed to all of us who do the eye test. Yes, there are, people are more athletic now than they've ever been, but that wouldn't have made a difference in the gladiator age. <laughs> I can tell you that, because we had plenty of great athletes then. I mean, O.J. Simpson, my, mind you, was an Olympic-caliber sprinter. Bullet Bob Hayes won Olympic ring. We want an Olympic medal, not an Olympic ring, excuse me. But this, I, this notion about trying to dismiss the past, oh, come on, enough of that nonsense. Do we, is the past the end-all, be-all? No, it's not. But it's okay to make comparisons. And when I hear it from someone like you, it's almost showing your ignorance. I don't care if you went to Stanford and you, and you played all of this. When you say stupid stuff dismissing a Montana or a Staubach, then I just know you know your head from your asshole and you're just caught up in your own press clippings. Yeah, I said it. Okay, the Rams signing Carson Wentz. Well, you gotta do something because I don't think Stafford's going to last. Maybe this is like, like hiring B Baker for a rental. Maybe he can be competent. If you can block for him, which they couldn't do in D.C., Maybe he gets you a couple of wins. But at this point, I think the Rams should be playing for the future because it ain't happening there, as I've been saying for weeks. The big matchup, obviously, was the Eagles and the Cowboys. We, what did we take from that game? Not a lot. Yeah, the Cowboys had a couple of stumbles at the end. You know, when we talk about a game being inches. Game was about, it was pretty much a dead heat. That the, that the Cowboys, you know, their gaffes at the end, or not gaffes, or just misfortune, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I can't take too much away in terms of of a statement for either one. You really can't call the, the Eagles head and shoulders because the Cowboys had plenty of chances to win the game. 
plenty of chances to win the game and probably should have. You know, we'll give the Eagles their you know their due for being able to, to withstand everything that Dallas brought, and, and especially in their house. I'll be really curious to see what happens when they go to Jerry World. But right now, yeah, it was a great matchup. It lived up to its billing. This is what we want to see on NFL Sunday as far as teams that are elite, unlike this Jacksonville-San Francisco matchup that was highly talented before, but eh, Jacksonville, not necessarily ready for prime time. Just saying. Curse of the Foxhole strikes again. The Bills. Yeah, I think they've... The, 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 the sand of the hourglass is starting to run out on this great run they had. Kind of reminds me of the Jim Kelly days where you know they had a certain window to get it done, and right now they're just not looking that good. Bengals, on the other hand, in the rematch of the game that sent the NFL on a tizzy with the whole Hamlin thing, Bengals just quietly stacking up those dubs. Joey Cool, he's healthy now. Bengals trending up, Bills trending down. Mr. Stroud is continuing. And speaking of, we'll have to talk about this next week, but it's looking like unless, unless Mr. Stroud is about to get a big win against the Bengals. So, heck, my curse of the foxhole is working even when I didn't know it. <laughs> okay. The Ravens, you know, they just own the NFC. I was talking about Pete Carroll. The reason why I brought Pete Carroll up is we have the Ravens beating the Seahawks 37-3 in Baltimore made me think, yeah, you just the game may be passing you by. But then again, with the Ravens and the way they own NFC teams, does it really matter that much? Looking forward to They've got some a, a few bigger tells, but, you know, I don't know whether they're ready to buy in yet in terms of that they're the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, like many people are saying. Because they do have a tendency to get injury prone. But if they stay healthy, they're looking as good as anybody right now. I think we can truly say that. We spoke about Mr. Stroud, you know, looking really good against the Bengals. How about him throwing for a rookie record 470 last week when he, when he was the latest to smoke the Baker Bowl? Although Baker is Baker's smoking the bowl on the Titans right now as I speak. But yeah, this kid's making a difference. You know, D'Amico Ryan's both sides of the ball. This is a very fun team to watch. And this kid, I didn't think he was all that coming out of Ohio State, but he's giving me the middle finger. And what we're seeing, yeah, definitely a stars on the on the horizon there with this guy. Good to see. Another big matchup last week, the the, the revenge ball with Tyreek and the Chiefs meeting in Germany. Another one of these games, I don't know what to take it from. I mean, the Chiefs were dominant in the first half. It was like twenty-one to zero. And then they went to sleep, and the Dolphins had a chance to get back in the game. It ended up being 21-14, and they had their opportunities. So, yes, the Dolphins still haven't been a good team, but the Chiefs have not looked like defending champions and looked very vulnerable. From what I'm seeing right now, they don't look like they can go back-to-back, -back. and even if the Dolphins get to a playoff team, do you really trust them to even win a game? Okay. Should Kyler return, or should he just shut it down and, and, and take his chances? This is a tough one for me. You know, obviously what happened with, you know, Minnesota sitting Mr. Dobbs, Arizona sitting 
Mr. Dobbs in Minnesota and, and Mr. Dobbs getting the improbable win after not even, <laughs> right, not even meeting the players, barely knowing the, knowing the playbook. Great story there, one of the great stories of the season. But I go back to Mr. Dobbs' old team, the Cardinals. What are they, like 1-7, 1-8? If you're Kyler, do you walk back into this mess? I almost think he has to, right? Given that the negative vibe surrounding him, you know, about being injury prone, being more interested in Fortnite than film study and actually knowing the playbook. If anything, get some good tape. Don't get hurt. But go up there and get some good tape, and maybe you get a chance to get a fresh start. Mr. Jefferson says he's not doesn't want to return to these 100%. Can't blame him. But hey, Dobbs and Kid Addison and company, they're holding the fort down. They won last week. They're winning right now. So hey, take your time, especially if they're going to get down on the field. Seeing Chase Young making an impact for the 49ers, and I think he needs to just zip it. Taking, you got an opportunity to get out of jail in terms of being with the commanders. Go to the 49ers and, and rock it, right? You don't need to, they don't need to be bashing you, and you don't need to waste your time talking about them. Consider it to be a blessing that you get an opportunity to possibly win a ring. Obviously, playing in front of your, your home fans, because you grew up in the D.C. area, didn't work out. Just focus on what you can do for the 49ers instead of trying to, like, you know, get, you know, a cheap shot at the Commanders. And the same thing with the Commanders. Just, you fans, let it go. Both parties have got bigger things to worry about. Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's get to some TMCA time. Let's hand out the stainless steel bowls, regular complimentary and excels to people whose deeds in the sports world this past week deserve it. You know, the stainless steel bowls were the stinkiest varieties. We're going to give two XLs to Saints Michael Thomas, getting in trouble for throwing a brick at a construction worker for parking in his neighborhood. Obviously, you're living in a neighborhood where there's all kinds of construction and development always going, and that probably in most neighborhoods. Bro, you're getting yourself in trouble over shit like this, grow grow up, man. Go make yourself a smoothie. Go put your beats on, right? Go into your little gym and work it out. Now you're going to have to deal with law enforcement, lawsuits, and the ridicule of the internet. For why? Yeah, okay, it's annoying, but you can't act out like this. Two XLs. I'm going to give an XL to Aaron Rodgers. Stop begging for attention so much. You've achieved enough in this lifetime. You're, you're, you're like, you know, the little eight-year-old girl that's in the beauty in the beauty contest that they have, you know. No, oh, hey, no, no. Did you see that I did this? Did you see that I did this? Look at me, look at me. You don't need any of this. If you can make a play again this season, get in the lab and shock us as opposed to, yeah, man, it could happen, it could happen. It's almost like your ass hurt when nobody's talking about you. What are you going to do when it's over? Are you going to end up like Junior Seau? 
And that's not a dig at Junior Seau, but Junior Seau had a hard time dealing with life without the game. And I wonder if, if Rogers is going to be in the same predicament, albeit different, but more about not having the limelight on him. And, well, good grief, put him in the booth or, or one of these, you know, halftime pregame shows. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're going to give five XLs to Alianza Lima, turning up the lights in their stadium after Universito won the league title on their turf. I mean, that was petty, and then there's petty that could lead to, to some very unsafe conditions. You don't turn off the lights and create an unsafe situation. Deal with it. Maybe, you know, if, if Alianza Lima had enough money to prevent their team, I mean money in their wallet, in terms of not letting somebody clinch the title on your turf, hey, I know you're bitter rivals, but come on, don't create an unhealthy, unsafe situation. That's going to be petty. Lame. Um, I'm going to give... Just a 5XL to put in Milan's trophy case to their to their ultras attacking PSG fans but, you know, the night before. Man, this nonsense has got to stop. You know, this is how people get hurt, seriously. I, I still do not get this, this hyper-aggression. In the same way I don't get losers fucking throwing all their money towards OnlyFans. All this hyper-aggression ultras have, they, they go out and brawl with fans of the other squad. Okay, even if the squad beats you, or whatever the case may be, I just don't see what hurting people has anything to do with it and what's the value of it. I'll never understand that. You know, call me crazy, call me whatever, but that just it's just asinine. Okay. We're going to give a three XLs out to the Florida coach that... Got caught punching a player in the helmet. Dude, everybody has cameras. You can't do shit like that. You can't have the bad behavior narrative. I don't care old school. As I said last week, the days of Bobby Knight type of style behavior, that's gone. You cannot do it. There's too much exposure out there and it will go viral. Jeez. Okay. We're going to give four XLs. We'll give five XLs to Alabama basketball. Only giving a $200 gift certificate for the guy who made a half-court shot. I mean, when other people are giving away cars and scholarships, a $200 gift certificate to a rib joint? Really? Come on, if somebody's making a half-court shot, you got to give better swag than that. Whew. Okay. We're going to give two XLs to the Hawks. Speaking of only fans... And the players aren't happy about this either. They tried to do an OnlyFans parody with the mascot and one of the cheerleaders. Like, hey, go where the action is. Don't stoop to that level. I mean, maybe if your, your product might be suspect, but do we really need to, like, try to go the titillation route and hee-hee-hee, and, let's, let's, let's do a thing on OnlyFans. Good grief. Come on. And I'm glad people like Trey Young and others are, are, are not having it. Just saying it's like... Low rent. Okay. And I don't even know. We're not even going to... We're just going to just say, this is so off the board. This is this is 15 XLs. I don't think we've ever given 15 XLs. 
The asshole who set fire to a barn that resulted in the death of 24 horses. Really? The thoroughbreds. I mean, this isn't Ralphie Cipriano on the, uh, the Sopranos. I mean, what were you thinking? Are you that deranged that you could set a fire that killed 24 racehorses? Oh, man, that is just so messed up. All right, folks. We somehow got through this limping. Thank you for bearing with me in terms of the quality and me stumbling all over the place. Because I did get this one out late, it's probably be a fast turnaround. So we'll probably see you in about four or five days. So like fill you in on what happened yesterday and today and through the coming week. In the meanwhile, enjoy adult beverages. Be safe. Have as much fun. And we'll see you all soon.